Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It is now the 18th day of November 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Well, my picks for the postseason awards, I mean, I've agreed with almost all of them. You know, manager of the year is lined up with who I thought deserved manager of the year, rookie of the year lined up with a rookie of the year. I had my Cy Young as I admittedly an extraordinarily sentimental pick for Jose Fernandez. It went to Max Scherzer, who if I had no sentimentality at all, I probably would have picked Scherzer. Obviously, I went through Porcello, what that meant. And today, the MVP vote came up. And man, it is really hard to argue with either one of these MVP candidates and that, that have won it. Now, I'm going to go to hit the first one first, and it is quite simply, he is the best player in baseball, and I am glad that the, you know, look, at as I said, the whole craziness of giving it to Parcello is, uh, I don't know, it's a little bananas, a little bananas, but um, okay. Even though he's a Red Sox, um, it still feels weird um, that that he won. Um, this time around, they gave it to the right player. Mike Trout played 40 games in 2011, but not enough to uh, fill his criteria as a as a rookie. So he was officially a rookie in 2012. He won the Rookie of the Year and came in second in the MVP vote. 2013, and he came in second mainly because Miguel Cabrera uh, got a triple crown. Um, the Angels uh, had him in 2013. He finished second in the MVP vote. I would have given him the MVP. He won the MVP in 2014, came in second in 2015, and he won the MVP this year. It Don't talk to me about the fact that the Angels stunk. It doesn't matter that the Angels stunk. He was the best player. If you plopped him onto any team, a guy who leads the league in on-base percentage, leads the league in OPS+, leads the league in walks, and, oh yeah, hits 29 homers, steals 30 bases, bats 315, drives in 100 runs, scores more runs than anyone in the game. What I'm saying is whether you are a sabermetrics freak or a traditional stats freak, you plop him into your lineup, and he is the one who will bring the most value. So, yeah, Bookie Betts got nine MVP votes. I would have felt very, very strange had Mookie Betts won the MVP the same year that Rick Porcello won the Cy Young Award, I'd look up and go, um, neither one deserved it. David Ortiz got a first-place vote by a writer from the New York Daily News. Um, okay. 
I love Big Poppy. He had a wonderful final year, and he wound up finishing. Was it one, two, three, four, five, six? Okay, that's probably where he deserved. Uh, someone gave Adrian Beltre a first. Like, look at I love Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre is one of my favorite players in baseball. Someone thought he was the most valuable player in the league. Is that just a protest vote against Trout? Someone had Trout seventh. All right. If you want to say, hey, I thought Mookie Betts had a great all-round year for a first-place team. Hey, I think Josh Donaldson is as good an offensive player and his team made the postseason. Hey, I think Jose Altuve is a beast and blah, blah, blah. Fine. If you want to say all those things, fine. But are you honestly saying that you think there are six players who had better seasons than Mike Trout did this year? You think six? If you said, okay, I can have all the players in baseball, all the players in the American League in my lineup, and I'm going to bat Mike Trout seventh, I, I want... Explain yourself, whoever put him in seventh. I don't get that. But we look at Trout and say, here we go. He has played, as I said, five full seasons with the Angels, of which he is either the MVP or the runner-up every year. And you could make a compelling argument, even the year he finished second to the Triple Crown by Miguel Cabrera, you could make a compelling argument that all five of his complete seasons in the American League, he was the best player in the league. I think, it's, I think he should have won four at this point. But now he's won two. And when you become a multiple MVP winner, well, that's when you start finding yourself in rare air. Barry Bonds won it seven times. Albert Pujols won it three times. A-Rod won it three times. Juan Gonzalez won it twice. Can we, can we all remember that for a second? But, like, Schmidt won it three times. Thomas won it twice. Yount won it twice. Ripken won it twice. Uh, Joe Morgan won it twice. Johnny Bench won it twice. Frank Robinson twice. Oddly, Willie Mays only twice. Ernie Banks twice. Roy Campanella twice. Stan Musial three times. Mickey Mantle three times. Joe DiMaggio three times. Williams, uh, Ted Williams twice, Hal Neuhauser twice, Jimmy Fox three times, Greenberg three times. I mean, you're starting to see that with the exception of, you know, any of the PED, like Bonds going through his controversy, and of course, A-Rod and Juan Gonzalez, every other name that I mentioned is a Hall of Famer. And Mike Trout has now... If you say, okay, if you think like 10 years of greatness, he's at the halfway point. He is doing the hard part. And he is the player that should be the face of baseball. So make him that, folks. Let's get this happening. We're having an extraordinary player having an amazing beginning to his career. And no, he's not going to be traded to the Yankees. Do you know why? Couple of reasons. First of all, the Yankees don't have the players that you could pile up to send from. No matter how many players and how many, well, look at what about Sanchez? No matter how many young players you slap together, it's not going to equal Mike Trout. 
And here's the other thing. The Angels have a gigantic television contract. And they have potentially the biggest star in the game. Do you realize the absolute feces show it would be if the Angels, who there's not much reason to watch them anyway, but they do draw okay. And they have the marquee star in baseball to ship him to the Yankees for what? For what? If the Yankees had a haul that could bring them the best player of the game in his prime, then they would use that haul to actually make the postseason. It's not going to happen. It's a goddamn pipe dream that happens every single time there's a big-time player. They did it for Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, the Yankees are going to get this, the Yankees are going to get that. No, they're not. Mike Trout is signed through the year 2020. And his contract is going up. Yes, he's going to make a crap load of money. But he is signed through the year 2020. And because of that, the Angels have four guaranteed years of the best player in baseball. And with those four guaranteed years, they are going to take a shot at winning it all. And the Angels, I don't know if you notice this, are a team that spends money. They have stumbled across this gigantic gem that is called Mike Trout. And they're not going to shove him off for a bunch of prospects. Sorry, that's not going to happen. Not for anyone. Because they realize there is no way to match that value. And whatever goodwill they have with the fans there in Orange County will go right into the cesspool. They have a huge TV contract. They draw well. and They're the biggest player in the game. Now, they wet the bed by not putting together a team, a real big contender. And the fact that he's only played in the postseason once is a shame on you to the Angels. But do you know what? They have to rebuild around him. Now, last year, the Angels were a big pile of suck. We all saw that. They went 74 and 88. They missed 90 losses just by a little bit. And, quite frankly, they don't really have the kind of team that, that you know, strikes fear in the hearts of men. But they do have, you know, they... they Going into 2018, now, I know I just said 2018, so just listen to me for a second. Cameron Maben's coming off the books. Ricky Nolasco's coming off the books. UNL Escobar's coming off the books. Houston Street's coming off the books. Andrew, There's a bunch of players who, after this year, are coming off the books. And they have Pujols and Trout signed through the 2020 season. And they also have Andrelton Simmons signed through the 2020 season. So they basically have four years to put a champion on the field. And they have money coming off the books big time after this year. So it would behoove the Angels, whether they're in California, Los Angeles, or in Anaheim, to say, look it, let's fill as many holes as humanly possible possible in this year and go for it big time in 2018, 2019, and 2020. They'll have Trout, 
will still be in his 20s. They'll have, have Simmons, who will be still in his 20s, and they will have Pujols, who will be inching closer and closer to those milestones, and maybe he'll be a decent uh, a DH at that point. Who knows? But the fact of the matter is this. It makes no sense that they would trade him. When they have this window of opportunity to win and win big. So don't even think about it. It's not even worth talking about. I've seen her. Are they making a run for him? No, because it makes no sense for the Angels. They'll never get their full value back. And they have a window of opportunity where money's coming off the books and they can make a big run at it. So knock it off. Everyone knock it off. Mike Trout is an angel. And it is up to the Angels, to not give him the same fate that we had bestowed upon Ken Griffey Jr. When the greatest player of his generation played for, in you know, a market, a Western market that wasn't on the tips of everyone's tongue, and they had him surrounded with tremendous talent but couldn't squeeze at least a World Series appearance out of Ken Griffey Jr.'s career. Baseball needs Mike Trout on the big stage. And the Angels need to put Mike Trout on the big stage. To getting him on the Yankees, first of all, the Yankees aren't that close to getting to the World Series anyway. Sorry, they're not. They are improving. They're doing smart things by trading Beltran, by trading Chapman, by trading Miller. Today they traded uh, um, Brian McCann. They're saying, look it, we're going to get younger. We're going to get younger and hungry. And look what happened last year. They brought in a bunch of their younger players, especially Sanchez, and they played better. A younger, hungry team. The Yankees are going to be quite good. I think they may put together a pennant contender next year. Maybe not. I think they're certainly going to have a winning team next year. And in the years afterwards, they will be a major team. And maybe by the end of the 2020 season, if Trout is a free agent, maybe then the Yankees could exercise that. But it would behoove baseball. Now that we've gotten the whole Cub thing out of the system and everyone hates the Red Sox now, to focus on some of their stars. To focus on making people root for the stars as much as the laundry and wanting to see Trout win a title the same way people pull for some of the NBA stars to finally win one or some of the big quarterbacks in the NFL to win one. To get behind Trout and the Angels would want to have that be their mission. Now to go to the other extreme as we look at Mike Trout as the greatest player of his generation and needing to have a, you know, a for the lack of a better term, a showcase of his great abilities. Let's go to the other player, shall we, who won the MVP? In 2013, and I'm getting this from a Baseball Tonight tweet, in 2013, Chris Bryant was the college player of the year. In 2014, he was the minor league player of the year. In 2015, he was the rookie of the year. In 2017, he was the National League Most Valuable Player. In the span of this podcast, which began a few months before the end of 2012, in the span of this podcast, he went from the best college player to the National League Most Valuable Player and a World Series hero for the Chicago Cubs. 
Now, at one point, when we're talking about uh, Mike Trout's done the hard part of the first, you know, halfway through his Hall of Fame resume, just think about Chris Bryant getting that Rookie of the Year, the MVP, and the World Series out of the way two years into his career. Two years in. All he has to do now is continue playing at a high all-star level for a bunch of years and then compile a bunch of numbers because he's done the hard part. He's one of the young players. He's already got his ring. It's like Buster Posey. Get it out of the way early. Win that baby early. Chris Bryant has. So he can actually right now just focus on piling up numbers and, and compiling. I know it's early to talk Hall of Fame, but hell, he went from college player of the year to National League most valuable player in four years. What else is he going to do? He, it's, his bucket list is over. I've got an MVP and a World Series ring. Damn. What else do I need to do? And you take a look at his, his uh, totals here. He nearly was unanimous, 29 votes. Uh, one person voted for Daniel Murphy. I don't have any problem with that. Murphy had a great year. But Bryant won it, and pretty handily. Uh, Corey Seager came in third place, but yeah, it was pretty much a Chris Bryant romp. And I can't help but remember the controversy when the Cubs didn't bring Chris Bryant up at the beginning of the year. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. They didn't do that. Well, by the rules that exist now, that means that his eligibility for free agency is not going to hit for another year. That one month that they had him sitting out in the minor leagues will squeeze at least one more year of Chris Bryant as a Cub. Gee whiz, Cub fans, are you fine with that? Are you fine with that? His earliest day to be a free agent, 2022. And so let me bring this up for you right now. Cubs off the schneid, have one of the great players in baseball right now, one of the most exciting players in baseball right now, the reigning MVP, who is 20, what, he's 24 years old. 24 years old and has already played 26 postseason games. Already has five postseason homers, two of them in the World Series. Already has his World Series ring. And then you have Mike Trout who has done everything in the first five years of his career except have October glory. And I bring you this scenario. Imagine, if you will, the Chicago Cubs filled with young stars, no longer with the pressure of winning a championship, but with potential young Hall of Famers on their team. And that team faces off against the Angels, where Mike Trout, the best player in the game, who needs everything but the crown, who has done everything but get the crown, facing off young, hungry players who are basically putting together the great resume of their life. Wouldn't that be something worth watching? Wouldn't that be something amazing? And we have 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2020 to potentially see that. We have a four-year window 
where we know that the two MVPs are going to be on their team. And oddly, it's the Cubs who are the more recent champion in this. It is the Cubs who are the ones who have won the crown. That's something worth seeing. That's something worth fighting for as a fan as we take a look at what the big stars are out there and who's going to get that ring and who's going to get that championship and who's going to put the MVPs on their mantle. Bryant wins one more MVP, which, why wouldn't he at this point? Then he will have done all the hard parts of the, you know, the resume before he's, what, 25 years old. And Mike Trout has already done it. All he needs to do is win the championship and do it for three or four more years. We have two tremendous MVPs. And this doesn't even look at some of the other young players, the Harpers and the, the Lindors and all the people out there who are just making baseball great again. These should be two of the marquee names and the idea of them facing off in the World Series should be something that gives everyone goosebumps. Because we're starting to lose the whole, when will this team ever win, that team will ever win. Once the Indians take care of that, then you know the, the storied long droughts will be over. And then we've got to start looking for the stars. Looking to the stars, for the stars, around the stars, and with our MVPs, Trout and Bryant. I'm not a huge Cub fan. I'm not. I've made that clear over the years. It'll be easier for me to cheer them on next year once Chapman is gone. But, you know, I've, I've always, of the Chicago teams, I've always gravitated more towards the White Sox than the Cubs. I'm not sure why. And I'm admittedly not an Angels fan at all. At all. I'm no fan of Artie Moreno. I'm not a big fan of Mike Socher. And yet I'm a rabid Mike Trout fan, and man, I'm becoming a Bryant fan. Do you know what's showing if, if stuff like this is happening? Maybe more of rooting for the stars and the players than the laundry themselves. It's something to consider, but man, I would love to see them match up in a World Series. Let's make it happen, Angels. You have been given a player who was molded from the grounds of Mount Olympus and you're surrounding him with crap. Put a team around him. It's probably not going to happen in 2017. Fill the holes, spend the money in 2018 and for 2019 and maybe that Angels Cubs series would really be worth watching. So go to sullybaseball.com like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. Music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast for the 18th day of November 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>